Hey, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Saturday, September the 23rd. And welcome to our, our commentary. We're going to be talking today about one topic, and that is uh, Mayor Eric Johnson of Dallas, Texas, uh, just elected in May or reelected in May by huge numbers. Now, he ran as he ran in a nonpartisan elections because we don't have partisan elections for mayor here in Dallas, as is the case in most cities in Texas. But he was a Democrat. He had been a Democrat uh, in the state legislature before, clearly identified as as a Democrat here in Texas. But he's decided to switch parties and become a Republican. Um, He did it uh, by writing an opinion column on the Wall Street Journal on Friday, where he outlined uh, his reasons for changing parties, basically saying the time has come for more Republican ideas in our cities, and I intend to to be one of those Republicans. It's, it's a fascinating political situation because I was not expecting this, although I hear from some people now that there were some rumors about this, maybe some people knew about it. I certainly did not expect this. I always had a high opinion of him. I, I never thought of Mayor Johnson, they say, as a very liberal Democrat or anything like that. On the contrary, he had a reputation for being a more moderate, centrist uh, Democrat. And I always thought that he could be a potential uh, Democrat uh, candidate for governor sometime down down the road, again, because he was not uh, from the left wing of, of the party. But he's decided to switch parties. And of course, this has created uh, a great deal of, let's say, conversation, to say the least, here in Texas, uh, some of the conversation you would expect, uh, that is uh, people saying that, uh, you know, he's betraying the party and so on. This is what you're hearing, uh, of course, from some Democrats. What you're hearing from many uh, Republicans is great. Uh, I'm glad he's uh, he's flipping over. You know, again, what happens to, to Mayor Johnson? What's his future? Time will tell. I, I really don't know. But I can tell you that what he wrote in that article, and I have a post uh, coming out about this on Sunday, what he wrote in that article, and I link to that article so you can read the entire article, I certainly would recommend that you do. But what he's saying is very simple. What he's saying is, look, Democrat policies are not working in our cities. He looks at uh, American cities. He looks at what is happening in American cities. And he's saying it's not working. It's not working. Democrats' uh, policies are not fixing the problems in our cities. He talks about homelessness. In fact, he says they encourage more homelessness. They're not paying attention to crime. They're not dealing with delinquencies and crime in in many of these uh, cities. He's 100% correct about that. I mean, all you have to do is look at the cities across the country, cities run by the Democrat Party exclusively, and you can see what's happening. They all have the same problem. Crime, police officers are leaving, they're having a hard time recruiting police. I mean, the the problems are the same across the board in many of these cities. And what he's saying is it's time for a change. It's time for a different approach. Basically, he's saying our cities need more Republican policies, and he intends to be one of those who will carry it out. Now, what kind of problems he's going to have here uh, with the Dallas City Council, primarily a Democrat city council, 
from some of the judges, some of the, you know, let's say county executives in the area who are clearly Democrat. Well, we don't know for sure. I, I think that, as I said, in the past, he's always been able to work together with people who think differently than he does. He's a very congenial kind of guy. He's the kind of guy who can work together with other people. So I don't think that's going to change. But he is going to have some new allies in all of this. And one of the biggest allies he's going to have is the governor, governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, who's obviously very happy to hear that Mr. Johnson is making this uh, switch. Also, the lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick, for those who may not be familiar with Texas, the lieutenant governor here in Texas is a very powerful political figure. Some people say even more powerful uh, than the governor. I, I don't know about that, but it definitely in the case of Dan Patrick, he's a very tough and, and, and uh, powerful lieutenant governor. He'll have other allies like Senator Cornyn, Senator Cruz, obviously other people that will be on his side as he tries to get things done. But I look at the at the Eric Johnson uh, announcement, and as I wrote in my post uh, coming out on Sunday, I I see this with national with with, with more of a national point of view. I, I see I I can see many other Democrats across the country who are running cities who are in a, who are living the failures of many of these Democrat policies in cities across the country. I can see some of those Democrats uh, looking at Eric Johnson and saying, you know what? He's got the right idea. Maybe I should consider doing the same thing. Now, one of the guys who ought to pay attention to Eric Johnson is a man by the name of Eric Adams, uh, the mayor of New York City. Now, Mr. Adams, he's not going to switch parties. Obviously, that's not in the cards. But he could be paying attention to some of the things that uh, Eric Adams of Dallas is saying. And maybe he should be going to his governor and his state government and his city council and saying, guys, you're not helping me solve the problems of New York City. They're not, by the way. Uh, and I need more support from you, more policies, tougher on criminals, keeping criminals off the streets and making sure that people are not leaving our, our city and taking their taxes with them. By the way, that's one of the points that uh, Mr. Johnson made in his letter, too, and that is the economic impact of having these cities uh, having to deal with crime with bad public schools. There's a note today. I just saw this before we, we went on the air. There's a note today that in Baltimore, there are 13 schools in the public school district. There are 13 schools where none of the students passed a math uh, proficiency exam. So how can you be graduating kids who cannot pass a math proficiency exam? I mean, what are we doing to these kids? Are we helping them? Are we making them better, potentially better workers or better suited for life after high school, whether it's college, uh, whether it's a job, whatever it may be? No, we're not. We're not making life better for them by uh, having students graduate who cannot pass a mass proficiency uh, exam. So these are the kinds of issues that uh, that Mayor Johnson is pointing out in his letter. And these are the things, these are the things that I hope other Democrats across the country, Democrats who are probably just as frustrated as uh, Mayor Johnson is, if not more, because the city of Dallas is in much better shape than cities like Baltimore or Washington, D.C. or New York City or Chicago or some of the other cities that uh, where we've seen these problems. And maybe, maybe some other 
Democrats will join the, you know, this campaign and will also step up and say, you know what, we have to do something. The crime rates, the uh, the just the total breakdown of the society, the lousy public schools, something, something has to be done. Something has to be done about these cities because they're not functioning right now. These cities are not functioning. These cities are not are not delivering results as they should be for the citizens who are paying taxes and who are living in those uh, in those communities. Well, I just have I wanted to let you know that I have a post over at the American Thinker uh, Saturday morning about Senator Fetterman of Pennsylvania. Uh, obviously, he's been involved in a bit of a controversy regarding his dress code. And there was a note in the New York Post. I thought this was amusing, but very important. There was a post a note in the New York Post that a a reporter, a reporter in New York went out to eat to one of the finer restaurants in New York City. And uh, he dressed like Senator Fetterman, but they wouldn't let him in. They wouldn't let him in. They said, we cannot allow you to come in dressed like that. So you cannot go into a good New York restaurant dressed like Senator Fetterman, but Senator Fetterman can be in the in the Congress or in the Senate dressed like that. There's something wrong here. There's something wrong here. And I hope that the Senate, as I write in my post, a bipartisan number or group of senators take care of this problem and at least require a minimum dress code for the U.S. Uh, Senate. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to some of the other shows this week. We've got them all in the archives if you want to check them out. And this is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas wishing you a good weekend. And we'll get together with you the next time. Bye-bye, everybody.